It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. With that being said, Matthias Kiwanuka joins us on the program. Good morning, Kiwi. Good morning, Anita. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. Can't complain. Okay. All right. All right. Better than better than the Yankees. We were just talking about the Yankees in the break. <laughs> so now they're down 0-3. I, I know this is a football show. Let's get to it. Um, okay. So first things first. Uh, how On a scale of 1 to 10, how surprised, quote unquote, are you um, with where we are right now in the state of New York football with both the Giants and the Jets being quite relevant? I think if you take them both into consideration, um, it's, it's just impressive. You know, it's not – I don't I want to say it's so surprising because there's a lot left, you know, in the season to go and, and whatnot. But, I mean, it, it's very impressive. And um, I, I didn't think coming into the season that we would be sitting at this point talking so positively about New York football, not just Giants or not just Jets, not just one of the two, but both New York teams going out and performing, you know, well consistently week after week. So I feel good about it. Um, but I'm not going to say I came into the season knowing that this was going to happen. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really been quite, quite impressive. That's for sure. Let's start with the Giants. They're five and one. They're taking on a Jacksonville Jaguars team. Uh, let's look back before we look forward, because I think a, a lot of what we're going to see in this game is going to center around what Wink Martindale is going to do on the defensive side of the ball. How impressed were you with their win last week? And what are you expecting with like and I guess more of a, a a broader question like I know we're giving Brian Dable so much love and so much in regard to like how we're seeing this offense perform and Daniel Jones finally turning that corner but I think equally I think Wink Martindale needs to get equally amount of praise in in the way that he is schematically putting this defense in the best position to win football games yeah, I think you give Brian Dayball the overall credit in terms of like changing the culture, right? So getting getting it right in, in terms of everybody getting in the building, but believing and understanding. Because when you look at the level of intensity that everybody's playing with, when you look at you know the the one-handed grabs or the people you know running to the ball, you're seeing the extra effort, and that starts from from top down. But the real heroes, in my opinion, are Saquon Barkley and Wink Martindale, right? So this defense has been dialed up; they've been put in positions to be successful. I've been on different types of defenses where, you know, sometimes, you know, it's like you're just doing what you can do despite the call. And then I've been on some where it's like, hey, listen, if you execute, you're going to be successful. And this looks like the latter, you know, like if you execute, if you line up, you know, this is this is a, a play to, to win the game. And if you two blitz off the edge and get your hands up, I guarantee you're going to knock this ball down. That's the type of stuff that has to be attributed, you know, to um, – you know, the play calling. Um, I think the, the offense is, the offense is Saquon Barker, let's be honest, right? So the offense is Saquon, fourth in the league um, in uh, rushing yards, the Giants are, but 25, 25th in the league in overall um, yards. So this week, 
is going to be a test. This week is going to be a test of Daniel Jones. And, you know, we, we talked about him potentially having earned a new contract. I believe that this is going to be the test for, um, for, for Daniel Jones in this offense for the Giants. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I still don't believe in, and with all due respect to Dan Graziano, I, I respect Dan Graziano. He's one of the best in the business. And I'm not saying that what Dan Graziano is reporting is, is false. I'm just not believing what's coming out of uh, the Giants facility that they haven't even uh, began to assess or uh, consider uh, re-upping Daniel Jones after the season that we've seen him have so far. Granted, yeah. small sample size, but I, I just I, I find that I find that really hard to believe. Um, you know, when you look at this Jacksonville Jaguars team, a lot of what they do uh, comes from that one-two punch in the back fi- backfield with ATN and, and Robinson, Leo Williams, Dexter, Dexter Lawrence. There, uh, that's going to be an issue. I'm anticipating. Curious, to get your thoughts. I'm anticipating Wink to load the box and force Trevor Lawrence to win this game for them. And and I, I don't believe he's going to be able to. I just listen. I, I I do like Trevor Lawrence. I just don't think that he's that advanced. Um, to go up against uh, a mastermind on the defensive side of the ball like Wink Martindale, what what, what do you think? And th- there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I don't I don't think that that's necessarily for for um, I'm about to call him a kid for for a man at this stage in his career and having gone through you know, the, the stuff that they had to go through coaching wise and everything, which probably which definitely set him back in his progression. I don't think that it's it's unfair to say he's not necessarily prepared to go up a defensive coordinator who completely understands how to attack great quarterbacks and and the like so yeah i I think that's that's exactly where he is um i think that they're gonna exactly what you said they're gonna force him to win the game take away their first second option understand what their check system is going to be understand what their tendencies are going to be and put him in some situations that they expect him to to fail in and when you get that, that's how you grow as a player. So we can we can sit here and be critical of him and still believe he's going to have a great future, but this is going to be a growing pains week for him. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. We're on the same page there. Uh, as for the Giants offense, uh, Wondell Robinson uh, scored a touchdown last week. Granted, it was his first game back. Uh, it was, was on the shelf for a, a quick second. Daniel Jones, as we know, not playing with a lot of offensive weapons, but uh, I'm expecting I'm expecting big things from him today. I I, I think he gets a, a nice hefty share of targets, and I wouldn't be surprised if he scores another touchdown. Your thoughts on Robinson back in this offense? It, no, it was great. It, it's great to see, um, you know, Daniel Jones finding his identity, finding his guys, right? So a quarterback can do a thing where, you know, he can elevate the level of play for an individual that he has a special relationship with. Maybe we don't necessarily see them or view them, but, you know, a lot of guys can develop a relationship with a quarterback, and I think that's what he has to do, right? So, um, you know, great for him, kudos to him, but, you know, I'm, I'm really looking at this as, you know, when is Daniel Jones going to excel and show that he has um, – you know, he has it, right? So it's one thing to, to just be the team that just goes out and finds a way to win, right? But eventually, you're going to have to be the team that has an identity, that this is what we do. We're going to line up in this formation. We're going to line up, and we are going to beat you. You know what we, we are going to do, and we are just going to out-execute you, or we're going to physically impose our will on you. That's how you become, you know, good over time. Right. So as the season goes on, you're going to lose people. You're going to need people. So you need to have a little bit of, you know, what the Jets and Giants are both doing. You know, you, you block a punt and you get a punt blocked and then you return a punt for a touchdown. Um, you find a way to win the game. But eventually you're going to have to say, hey, listen, this is our identity. 
everybody knows what we're going to do. We're going to go out there and do it because they're not going to be able to to stop us. Uh, let's take a let, let's take a look at what's going on with the Jets. Is the Jets uh, equally as impressive and surprising this season? They're four and two. They head to Denver. Uh, they looked impressive against the Green Bay Packers. Now they head to Denver. Although reports yesterday, while I was on air, is that um, Russell Wilson is not going to to play today. He's going to be inactive because he's dealing with a hamstring injury that he suffered in the fourth quarter of last week's game against the Chargers. So Brett Rippon comes in. Just out of curiosity, let's let's start talking about this Jets defense. You know, not a lot of film on on Rippon, right? Like you, I'm, I'm sure they went back and they pulled film from last season. But, you know, especially with the news breaking yesterday, on Saturday, what does that do for a defense? You've been preparing, uh, you know, possibly some for Rippon because you heard that Russell was having a hamstring issue, weren't sure if he was going to start or not. Like, how does a defense prepare for, for this type of storyline? Kiwi. Midstream, midstream adjust. That's where this is where um, the veterans. We've we've literally had meetings where you know they've called in players and said, "Hey, did, did you play with this guy? Like, what what are you seeing? You know?" And they 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 would bring you up into the office and say, "Hey, listen, like this is a last minute midstream adjust situation. What do you know about this quarterback? I know you played with him either in college or you you know him personally, and you just had to you just had to kind of figure it out, right? Um, but as a defense, you still want to maintain your identity. You still want to have those basic checks. I mean, we glory, you know, we won Super Bowl mostly in cover two, right? So you have you have your basics, but then anything in terms of what are his tendencies, what what are things that he likes to do, this is where coaches get paid the big the big bucks. There are guys in these in these rooms who, you know, whose names we don't know yet, right? We don't know them publicly, but these. These, these young guys who are talented in terms of evaluating uh, other players and this is this, this is their time to shine right now um, I think from a player's standpoint you just you understand that the game plan is going to change um, you know let's say I'll take it from up front up front you still have to defeat the man in front of you so you've been practicing against or for a specific um, offensive group you know if you're a tackle if you're going against a tackle if you're inside they're still going to have the same uh, pass blocking technique so that stuff's not going to change but you know when you get to that second and third level as a linebacker yeah there could be a lot of different things there could be a lot of different checks so you'll have a meeting probably when you touch down uh, you'll have a meeting you know early in the morning and then they'll try to call you together as a group and they'll continuously start installing new things and and they'll start with the veterans who they know can can handle a, a late change and then they'll try to get that communicated to every young guy on the team it's it's going to be I, I find it I find this game fascinating because here's the thing I don't know how much the Denver Broncos struggles were because of Nathaniel Hackett and or Russell Wilson I don't I don't know I mean Kiwi could it be possible that this this is an upgrade at the quarterback position because Russell Wilson has been struggling so much you know is is it a different game plan now is it more you got more of a pocket passer you know are they going to be relying more heavily on their rushing attack to um help create the the play action like you know I just I I find this game fascinating what are your thoughts offensively how you think Denver is going to change they have to change something offensively. Mm-hmm. The, that mm-hmm. that Broncos defense, like just look at the numbers, right? We're we're you know part of the way through the season. We can like numbers matter, right? Third in total yards, seventh in uh, sacks per attempt, first in red zone defense, and fourth in points per game at sixteen point five. That's a very good defense. You know, sixteen point five points per game. You should be <laughs> damn near undefeated, right? So 
when you look at the Broncos offense, I think a lot of times what happens, just being honest, you pay a guy a lot of money and it comes from the very, very top, you know, like, hey, we're doing this. Now, there are people who have voices, you know, and input who don't necessarily or don't usually have input. Normally, it's like, hey, listen, you got the quarterback situation, go figure it out. But when you give a guy, you know, 250 $245 million now, there is an extra incentive to see him be successful just him not just a team but to see him be successful and then you end up doing things that maybe you're not are in the best interest of the team so it might not necessarily just be Russell I know he's been taking a beating I know I've thrown some shots at him too but it might not just be him you know it might be the fact that the coaches and staffs feel pressure when they get a big name guy to make him successful and they start doing things that they that they probably wouldn't do with with anybody else and so when they finally get a chance you know and and everything is kind of wiped clean it's like hey listen let's just legitimately do what is best for this team then they can you know create and design plays or on my side defenses that are not featuring a guy they're just trying to get the ball down the field and trying to win the game and I think you might see some of that you might see some stuff that you know maybe when Russell comes back, they'll say, hey, listen, this is going to be the way that we're going to play. It's no longer going to be let's buy into or let's feed Russell's strengths. Hey, let's just get Russell to execute this offense that we've designed because it's, this is a good team. This is a very talented team. And I think the dangerous part is that this defense is playing so well with an underperforming offense. That is a hard thing to do. Coming off the sideline and watching your team go three and out or give up an interception and going back in there and getting stops and holding the other team to under 16.5 points per game, that is a very difficult thing. So for a team to have been able to do that this long into the season, I mean, if they can get things corrected on the offensive side, the season is not over. It is. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus. Bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Salgeable. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Kiwi, let's go to our phone lines. We've got Earl calling in from Brooklyn. He wants to talk about the Giants-Jags game. Earl, welcome in. Welcome into New York Game Day. How you doing? Good morning, Anita. Anita, I got two things. One, the Yankees. I'm with my buddy Mike Toro. He's like the supervisor of girls' basketball over here at the Rose Classic for high school girls. And he said to me this morning, he said, Earl, the Yankees or Boone haven't pitched their best reliever, not one inning this year in this game postseason with the Astros. And two, the Giants are not favored because they haven't won in Jacksonville ever. Can you give me some uh, clarity on that? 
Uh, well, uh, all right. Well, Earl, uh, th- thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. Uh, not not talking Yankees here. Sorry, not sorry. Um, uh, number two, I don't. Matthias, have, have ever? you had uh, uh, ever ever? I felt personally ever, attacked ever? on that one. I was like, okay. never. Uh, oh, I, I mean, how many times? How many times did you play in in Jacksonville? And did you ever? I don't win? remember. I don't remember coming down to Jacksonville with Tom. Yeah. Tom was Jacksonville. Yeah. Right? Tom is Jacksonville. He still lives there, Ponte Vedra. Yeah, I, I go to his um or I went I went golf to his tournament. Uh, golf tournament. Golf and, tournament, yeah. And did some did some charity events for him. Uh he definitely I mean, it's beautiful where where he has the has the events. But I mean going back to like is is that why we're not favored because we've we've never won? I mean I don't I don't necessarily No, I think I think I think to that. I, I I talked about this earlier. I, I think odds mm-hmm. makers look at these two teams fairly equal. Um, but Jacksonville's at home. Typically, home field advantage is is, is a three point turn. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why I think the Giants are getting three. Let's go to Ira in Staten Island. Ira, you're up. What you got? Hey, good morning, Anita. Good morning, Matthias. Uh, good morning. So this game, I tell you, I'm very uneasy about this game. There's a couple of reasons. I don't know if you're going to agree with me. First of all, all of a sudden the Jets, because they got off to a four and two start, however you want to take it. Now there's some expectations. And, you know, this is the first game all year that the Jets mm-hmm. probably should win this game. But, Matthias, I agree with you. Denver's a scary team. There's a lot of talent there. and Maybe things haven't clicked yet. I think uh, I would have been more comfortable with Wilson, as crazy as that sounds. I think this offense could look different. And I, I think they're going to run the ball. I think Rippon, listen, you know, he's been around. You know, he may make some plays. Jets' defense has played well. But the Denver defense scares me. And if the Jets can't establish a run, I think Zach Wilson could struggle. So I expect a low-scoring game. But at the end of the day, if the Jets happen to pull this out and they win a close game, coming home next week against Patriots at 5-2, and two, that, that'll be crazy. And you know what? As a longtime Jets fan, it'll be the first time in almost 10 years that we're playing like a really important game, like almost late October. And you know, hopefully they could get the job done, but I do have my doubts. Ira, thanks for the phone call. Really do appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Matthias, I was on yesterday when the news broke that Russell Wilson uh, was going to be inactive because of the hamstring issue. And I reached out to Jeff Legwald, who's covered the Denver Broncos forever in a day and is just such a great, great person and, and great beat reporter. And he joined me on the show. I want to play that clip for our listeners. Again, this is Jeff Legwald on with me yesterday talking about Russell Wilson and, of course, uh, the news that he was going to be inactive today. Let's listen in. Well, Anita, I don't think it's a shock to anybody, honestly. I, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, Wilson looked ex- extremely uh, limited in his movements. He wasn't, uh, you know, taking a full step as he as he threw. He couldn't really drive the ball in the, in the periods of practice that were open to us. So, uh you know, I think it would have been a surprise to all involved if, if he could have played. Uh, Brett Rippon took most of the snaps with the starters this week, all week. Uh, so I think they've been prepping for this all along, and we're sort of holding out for, for a surprise, you know, recovery. Uh, so I, I think they had sort of prepped this way all week, and it, it was mostly, you know, virtually all a hackett decision with open conversations with, Wilson. I, I mean, I asked Wilson early in the week, are you fairly honest when you talk to coaches about injuries? 
you know, do you give them how you really feel? And, and he sort of promised at that point that he does and that he would tell them if he really could uh, be mobile enough to protect himself or not. And I think that's the issue. You know, Jets have an active defensive front. They hit uh, Aaron Rodgers nine times last week, sacked him four times. I, I think the feeling was if Wilson can't move effectively, he shouldn't play. So now uh, Rippon is, is going to get his chance. Um, I, everything I'm reading is that he has had split practices in reps with Wilson all week. So two questions there. Number one, and I know he's had success. He's beaten the Jets before, but obviously this is a much different Jets team, especially as you alluded to their defense. With that being said, how ready do you think Rippon is going to be tomorrow for this Jets squad? Well, I, mean, I think it, it will help the Broncos in at least one way. It will force them to scale down what they're doing on offense uh, and just do the things they were good at, which I didn't think they were doing enough with Wilson. I, I think with Wilson, some of their struggles has been uh, have been to try to do so much because they think Wilson can do so much, and they haven't always stuck to the things that have worked. Uh, and I think they will be forced to do that with a backup quarterback. I think sometimes that's why you get the brief bump with a backup quarterback because it forces play callers to stick with what they can do instead of diving in all over the play cards. So I think that will help him. He's also uh, spent a productive college career in the shotgun almost exclusively, so he will be comfortable you know, when they do those things. And, and he's usually pretty good about understanding what throws he can and can't make. So I, w- I would look for a lot of catch-and-run plays, a lot of work in the short, intermediate areas, and, and you know, a little play action thrown in to, to spice things up. Before we let you go, let's talk about that backfield, right? Like Melvin Gordon frustrated. Again, we saw him on the sideline, not happy with the fact that he wasn't getting a lot of playing time against the Chargers. Um, you know, Murray, Latavius Murray now has come in. I know there's Boone back there. So I would imagine that they're going to be even more invested in this rushing attack, as you said, for play action to help uh, rip in and, uh, against this Jets defense. What, what can we expect out of the backfield tomorrow? Well, I, I think they'll, they'll stick to the whole Melvin Gordon's going to start, but uh, Murray's going to get carries. I mean, he, frankly, he just played better than Melvin did uh, against the Chargers and, and the four fumbles. Gordon has this year are, you know, the echoes are still being felt to that. He's put the ball on the ground too many times. And Murray played well. I mean, he went in and and averaged, you know, almost five yards of carry. So, I mean, that's what they want. So, But it will be a Gordon-Murray split for the majority of carries with Mike Boone getting some of the uh, work in one of the personnel groupings when they, when they open up the formation a little bit. Uh, again, three minutes left in the show. With that being said, I, I made a comment earlier that you know this might be a blessing in disguise for for the Denver Broncos because I just feel like something has been off with Russell Wilson. Do, do you see that at all? That maybe this team, as as crazy as this might sound, is better off with Rippin quarterbacking right now because Russell Wilson's in his struggles in this offense. Well, I I, I don't know that we can say that yet because we'll. I guess we're going to officially see, you know, how much of this is play calling, how much of this is offensive line 
issues and how much of it is Russ. I I think uh, the play, you know, Hackett's been pressing and play calling, and I think Wilson's been pressing and as he plays because everyone is trying to meet the unbelievable expectations they had when the season started. So I think the the benefit. I mean, nobody wants to play their backup quarterback, but I think the benefit this time is it will force the Broncos to do what they haven't done yet, which is pare down the playbook, pare down the game plan. They've just been trying to take too big a bite every week and do too many things, and they don't come back to the things that work during games because they're off into other portions of of the play card. That, that's what this will force them to do. They will have to stay very focused on what they can do and do well with ripping a quarterback, and that's where they could see the benefit. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us on such late notice. I, I so appreciate your time as always, my friend. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Anytime, Anita. Take care. Again, that was Jeff Legwald who joined me on my program yesterday uh, with uh, with some valuable information and insight, of course, heading into the Jets-Denver Broncos game later on this afternoon. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. And we have Rich Zamini who's joining us now. So, Rich, good morning, good morning. Always great having you join us here on New York Game Day. Let's start right there, right? Elijah Moore and what's going on, him disgruntled, not going to be active and attractive today. What more can you tell us? Well, I think uh, Robert Sala said it all right there. I think they're going to reconvene on Monday with Elijah tomorrow just to find out where his head's at. And I do believe him when he says trading him is not an option. The trading deadline is coming up very quickly. It's in nine days. Of course, every team says that when there's a rumor about a player, they always say we're not trading him. The Jets said that about Jamal Adams, too. But I knew I knew behind the scenes they were actually thinking of doing that. Of course, they did. But in this case, I think they have no interest in, in trading Elijah Moore. They're hoping to repair this situation. They don't think it's, it's past the point of being repaired. When you, when you say they have no interest in, in trading him, is he still a big part of their future, one? And then, two, I mean, I know you know we heard what the coach said, but we all know that it's not necessarily his call whether or not he does get traded. So how realistic is it that you think that he's going to be on this team long-term, not just through this season? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, that's a good question, Kiwi. I mean, I, I think a lot of fans are writing him off. 
you know, things happen in the NFL. Things change very quickly. Let's look back to the offseason in San Francisco. And we know Robert Sala pays very close attention to what happens in San Francisco. It's his former team. He's very close with the leadership there. And I know he has a high regard. And I think in, in some ways he patterns his style after what he learned in San Francisco. And they went through the Debo Samuel thing in the offseason where everyone thought Debo was gone. In fact, the Jets were one of the teams that were interested in him, but the 49ers said, no, we're, we're going to be patient. We're going to try to work it out with him, and, and they worked it out. Now, in that case, they pacified him with a nice contract extension. I think it was three years, about 70-something million. In this case, they can't give Elijah Moore contract extension. He's not eligible for one for another couple of years, so they're going to have to do more ego stroking here than anything like that. But I do not believe, I think the Jets still believe there's a long-term future with Elijah Moore, and he's absolutely a good player. You know, he's just frustrated, and I I get it. You know, he hasn't been seeing the ball. I mean, he wasn't targeted in Green Bay, but that was not the start of this. Uh, You know, this had been brewing for weeks. He wasn't happy with the uh, response he was getting from when he was talking to coaches about getting the ball more. And finally, that was the tipping point, the Green Bay game. And, and I think the Jets were blindsided by the trade request. I don't think they expected that. They sent him home after he blew up at Mike LaFleur. But uh, they never expected a trade request. But I think the Jets are going to be patient and hope cooler heads prevail. Um, you know, I, I, this doesn't surprise me. You know, and, and it's, a, it's champagne problems, right, Rich? Like, you've got so much talent and the skilled position players on that roster that, you know, um, you don't know what to do with. Do you feel that there are other players that aren't getting enough targets, that aren't getting enough touches, that you think are not happy with their role in this offense? I don't think any of the receivers are getting enough targets. I mean, they they threw the ball only 18 times Mm -hmm. last week, and I, I think it's 39 times over the last two games. So I don't think Corey Davis is happy with the amount of targets he's getting. I, I think Garrett Wilson's targets have dropped off since that fast start. And so, I mean, Michael Carter, I mean, I wrote about him in my notes column this morning on ESPN.com. I mean, he has. I mean, he was the starting running back last year and the leading rusher, and all of a sudden he's playing second fiddle to uh, Brees Hall. But I talked to him about it, and he goes, I'm cool with it. You know, He goes, the guy works hard and the team's winning, so I'm cool with it. And I think that's the attitude everyone else is taking except for one player. I, I completely get that attitude, right? And you need that in order to be successful at this level. But there is this phenomenon that happens when a team starts winning. All of a sudden, guys who were in the training room for a couple weeks at a time, now they're healthy. Guys who, you know, were showing up late, now all of a sudden they want to they wanna be first in the meeting room and they, they want, you know, all the attention. They're looking for the cameras. You know, Elijah Moore was a big part of this team when they were not successful. So is that part of his gripe? Yeah, I think that might be part of it. I mean, he he was a pro- promising player. Now, he, he was injured at the end of his rookie year, but in the games he played, he showed tremendous promise. Mm-hmm. I actually thought by the end of this season that he would be their wide receiver one. You know, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of people in the Jet organization felt he was their most talented receiver. But, you know, then they draft Garrett Wilson, and Garrett Wilson is, is the flavor of the month in September. Has a phenomenal game against Cleveland and uh, getting a lot of media attention. Uh, I see it in the locker room. I mean, Garrett, Garrett Wilson would be standing in front of the podium talking to a whole bunch of reporters, and off to the side, there's Elijah Moore sitting by himself around his locker. I, I'm sure that has 
every every athlete has an ego, and I'm sure that affected him somewhat. Again, Rich Samini joining us here on 98.7 ESPN for New York Game Day. He's got a great podcast called Flight Deck. Please check it out. Uh, obviously, we just heard from uh, Jeff Legwald, um, your, one of your partners in crime in regard to how well you guys cover your teams on the beat. And, and of course, news broke yesterday that Russell Wilson is not going to go. My question to you is, how do you feel that this defense was able to pivot and get ready to prepare for Rippin? And do you feel that maybe the change to Ripon will benefit the Denver Broncos, especially this late in the week? Yeah. Well, all week long, the Jets were saying they fully expect Russell Wilson to play. In fact, Robert Sala was even saying that as late as Friday, that they expect Wilson to play. Um, you know, I, I, I think coaches always say that anyway. It's, it's almost obligatory to say that if a star player on the other team's hurting, you always – Say you expect him to play that way, that way the, there can be no surprises if he if he you know when he does or doesn't but in this case you would have to assume the Jets did some work on on Rippon I mean it was no secret that he was getting reps all week I'm sure Leggy explained that to you I mean Rippon got starter reps throughout the week and uh it would be uh certainly it would be uh it would just be wrong of them not to do that preparation. But we've seen that before. I mean, they got caught by Gardner Minshew last year. And uh, afterwards, a couple of players said that they weren't prepared for Minshew. So I guess you never know. But I do think this Jet will be, team will be prepared for Rippin. Jet fans know Rippin, of course. Uh, he beat them in 2020 at MedLife Stadium. In his only other career start, he beats the Jets on a primetime game on Thursday night. And so Jet fans are familiar with him. And you would have to hope that the players are familiar with him now as well. What what would you be looking for them to do differently defensively, um, if if anything? You know, when you come out, I know you talked about like yes, like they need to be prepared. Is this a situation where you need to completely revamp the defense, or is this something where we can just kind of you know slide a few things in here? You know, we're going to change from you know specific coverages to another coverage that we've already installed, or do they need to completely um, uh, revamp the system? Well, I think. Uh you have to be more aggressive. I mean, now Denver does have very good receivers in Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, so you can't forget about them. But I think you have to be more aggressive at the line of scrimmage. I would say normally blitz more. The Jets are not a blitzing team. In fact, over the last couple of weeks, their blitz numbers have gone way down because their front four has been getting a, a lot of pressure. So they haven't had to blitz. But I, I think a good illustration of what they might do is go to the uh, – you know, go to the Miami game, you know, when they started a backup quarterback, it was Teddy Bridgewater, who obviously is a lot more experienced than Brett Rippon. And they ran a corner blitz, you know, on the first play of the game and caught Teddy by surprise for the safety. So I think you may see a wrinkle or two. I mean, they have to take chances. I mean, go after Brett Rippon. I mean, you have to be overplay the line of scrimmage and dare him to beat you because, uh, He's not going to read defense as well as Russell Wilson. He's he's not going to move around as well as Russell. A healthy Russell would have moved around. So uh, you got to be a little bit more aggressive now. You know they're down to their second string quarterback. You, you you got to just keep punching. Don't stop. Don't play back. You know don't play coverage. Be aggressive. Rich, before we let you go, uh, thoughts, final thoughts on on this game. Uh, Jets win. Jets lose. Score. Anything like that? Any predictions here? Yeah, I have the I had the Jets winning before the 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 Russell Wilson injury, so I'm going to obviously stick with that. I have them winning 19 to 10 in this game. I just think we haven't even talked about the Jets offense. I think they will struggle today as well because Denver's defense is outstanding. They are they are top-notch. 
and this is going to be an uphill battle for for Zach Wilson and company today. So I see a low-scoring game. I think special teams will have a big role in this, and I, I could see a format similar to last week where it's, you know, a close game, possession by possession. The punters will be very busy today, let's put it that way. But I do think <laughs> the Jets will win the fourth quarter again like they did last week and pull away and win 19-10. to 10. Yeah, the Denver Broncos have only given up one touchdown in three home games so far this season. Rich, thank you so much. Always great when you join us on New York Dame Day. Thank you, my friend. Enjoy the game today. Have a great day. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, thanks. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Get ready for Kiwi's Keys to the Game. That's right. It's time for Kiwi's Keys to the Game. Of course, we just heard from uh, from Rich Samini covering the Jets that inside the numbers, as I like to call it, inside the team, uh, brought to you by Eisner Amper. Eisner Amper, leading global business advisory firm. Uh, can help design a winning game plan for business moving forward together. Learn more at EisnerAmper.com. With that being said, Kiwi, give us your three keys to the game. What do the Jets need to do today in order to beat the Denver Broncos? All right. For the Jets to beat the Broncos, we'll start on defense. The Jets' defense needs to come prepared to outplay the Broncos' defense, meaning they need to be hydrated. We all know that it is difficult to play at altitude. Those of us with the sickle cell trait, myself personally, I spent the whole day you know, getting tested and in the hospital when we came back. It is difficult to play at altitude, so you need to be hydrated and ready to play and understand your your team is going to go three and out. Your team is going to give up um, turnovers, and you're going to be pushed back out on the field earlier. Um, number two, it needs to be a clean special teams game. This is something that Rich, you know, alluded to in terms of the special teams units are going to be out there on the field. Last week, it was great that they had a uh, punt block and return for a touchdown. However, when you're playing against a good team, those opportunities aren't going to be there all the time. And there's a lot of overlap between the punt and the punt return team. So that group needs to come together and be able to put together a clean game on offense. They need to be able to protect the football. When you're talking about a, a very, very high-performing defense that's playing with an underperforming offense, they're, they're in position. They know their job. They know what they're supposed to be doing. Now they have extra adversity with their quarterback being out. So the, the, the focus is going to be, hey, we have to score. We can't wait for our defense to score. We have to score. They're going to be playing the most opportunistic football that you've ever seen. They already know what they're supposed to do. They already know what their jobs and their assignments are, 16.5 points 
the game. They've proven that. So they're going to be coming out trying to rip the ball out. So they're going to have to, the Jets are going to have to protect the ball on offense. And then, you know, just a, another one is they got to learn to play, you know, with success. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. There's going to be people griping about, you know, all kinds of different things. And the Jets are going to have to be able to, to, to play, you know, with the eyes on them and, and be able to come back with a win. These are your keys to the game. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks.